Hey, it's Jay, and it's time for another one-shot. These are short-form episodes that I use to complement other heavier lift episodes, the bigger productions that we run on this show. And unlike those bigger productions where we seek out the stories of other people, these come from my perspective. My hope is that together, we kind of round out this exploration that we're on to understand the creative process, to demystify it, and also to help us understand what it takes to make more resonant work. How do we build a body of work, build our businesses, leave our legacies? It's all about getting to the next rep in the creative process. And I think so often we feel stagnant or maybe we even stop. And so those are the problems we're out to solve. And so in between these larger stories that we're telling, I'm always observing things or remembering things. I'm, I'm picking up a lot of stuff that maybe doesn't fit inside of the narratives that we run every other week. And so along comes one shots, stories that I script and tell in one shot. Today's is titled, This is Your Brain on Mushrooms. I'm a child of the 90s, so if you ask me to name the biggest rapper in the world, I will forever and correctly say it's Jay-Z. Also, as a kid, I really liked the fact that the world's most famous rapper was also named Jay, and that my last name had a Z in it, and that my high school basketball teammates used to call me Jay-Zo, and I liked all that stuff because it made me feel cool, which was a big deal, since I was about 17 months removed from wearing a bowl cut. Today, I'd like to begin by paraphrasing the great Jay-Z. If you're having work problems, I feel same as you, son. I got 99 problems, but they start with one. As creative professionals, our list of work-related problems can run on and on and on. Bosses, clients, contracts, teammates, trends, promotions, payments, finding our voices, building our audiences, monetizing our audiences, scoping new ideas, scoping more ideas, scoping good ideas, scoping even more ideas because those initial ideas weren't quite it because they're never it because it feels far away in the distance as if it is a star in the night sky, which is a pretty good analogy for it considering it is our north star, which would be helpful, except we never feel like it is is getting closer because it never quite feels like it. Also, burnout. Burnout is a problem, too. Disappointing rap parodies and awesome childhood nicknames aside, our list of problems can seem almost infinite, but I think one is at the core of it all. And if we can solve it, maybe the rest of the problems go away or at least get easier for us to solve. That core problem is called, wait for it, Wait for a little longer. Wait for a whole lot longer because this problem may even cause you to avoid shipping your work entirely because this problem is called imposter syndrome. If you're keeping score, that's one Jay-Z reference and one How I Met Your Mother reference. I'm one joke about the Macarena from being banned from TikTok forever. Oh my God, TikTok users might actually bring back the Macarena. macarena. Growing up, Alex Cook probably had a bowl cut and heard his fair share of Jay-Z and suffered through more than one instance of the Macarena. That's because, like me, Alex Cook was a skinny white kid growing up in the suburbs of New England in the 90s. Alex is the older brother of my good friend Andy. Listeners to this show might even recognize his name as I have the honor of telling a very heartwarming story about his company, Nanogram, and how he's using technology to bridge the divide between generations in a way that most tech typically worsens, but his helps solve. 
that episode was called Thank Dog, and I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's one of the more personal stories I've, I've ever told on the show. Right now, I'm looking at a photo of Alex on my phone, and he's got a big bushy beard, some big red sunglasses, he's wearing a gray t-shirt, and he's smiling ear to ear. But the thing you notice most in this photo isn't actually Alex. It's what he's holding out to the camera for you to see. It's a collection of these flat, wavy, almost fan-like orange things. They're mushrooms, the, the food kind, not the drug kind. Specifically, they're chicken of the woods mushrooms, which are much rarer than hen of the woods, which, while delicious, aren't quite as prized as chicken of the woods, which can sell for around $45 a pound. How do I know all that, you might ask? Because when Alex discovers something that excites him, he eagerly shares it with everyone he can reach. Beard oils, high-end speakers, emerging software technologies, photography trends, and mushrooms. I've heard about them all. The other day, I sat down to lunch with his brother Andy, and I heard more about Alex's mushroom discoveries. And it made me realize, if we thought about our work, like Alex thinks about mushrooms, we might actually defeat imposter syndrome. We experience imposter syndrome when we doubt our skills, our talents, or our accomplishments, or we feel this persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Imposter syndrome shows up differently in different people. Some people quietly ship and don't build community around their work, hoping others will just find them. Some people never ship anything. Some people play it safe and only ship what they've proven to themselves that they can do, or else they cling to the conventional wisdom of what something has to look and feel like which causes writers who really like run-on sentences in a podcast that are tinged with sarcasm and 90s references to write entire books about the problems with best practices. Please support this show by picking up a copy of Break the Wheel. Please and thank you. For a while, I thought I'd somehow escape the clutches of imposter syndrome. And oh my God, the ego in that statement. Now, it turns out that I suffer from a very specific form of it. Mine grips me the tightest when I'm faced with gatekeepers who work for traditional or well-known organizations. I can't seem to muster the courage to pitch a podcast to a popular network, but I can launch more than 12 original series with brands. I can't seem to pitch my next book idea to a big publisher, but I can confidently self-publish. Without a doubt in my mind, I can write for an industry publication, even the largest you could name, but The New Yorker? Harvard Business Review, The Ringer, hell, even Inc. or Forbes? Eh, I'll just hope someone from those last two reach out to me sometime and interview me. And then in 25 years, when I'm really famous, I can worry about the others, and they'll come my way. I think it's that I have this narrative in my head. Like, I can fool a B2B crowd, or a B2B marketer, or a creator, or an entrepreneur. I can fool you into thinking I'm good at this stuff. But really, I'm just good relative to others in the category not in any absolute terms, which, by the way, definitely exist and are totally determined by the more discerning editors and publishers to whom I could never pitch my work because surely they'd see me for what I am. A guy who figured out how to approximate real creative work who's hiding inside a niche that has a low bar. And so my work seems good. About me having escaped imposter syndrome? Yeah, no. So what about Alex Cook? Well, this week, when I had lunch with his brother and my pal Andy, we talked about the mushroom thing. Andy said, yeah, he's still really into it. Look, I took a picture where he found this big bunch of chicken of the woods mushrooms, and he showed me the photo that I mentioned before. I laughed. He looked so happy. 
And he said, he's just so excited to share something he found with others. He wants you to feel the way he feels when he finds something good. And there it is. That statement hit me like a ton of bricks. Alex gets excited to share things that he finds. So maybe we are framing our work all wrong. I think we often view our work as us. I am my writing. My writing is me. And while the way that I am and the way I see the world definitely contribute to the writing, we are not one and the same. I'm not my writing or my show or my book or my speeches or anything in my body of work. I'm simply sharing some things I found. Rather than share who I am, what if my newsletter or this podcast, what if my projects are simply the process of sharing what I found? I found a story about Alex. I found a memory about high school. I found an insight buried in the story and the memory. Here, it's yours now. I hope you like it, but ultimately, I wish you well either way, fellow human person. Now, I'm off to find more things. What might happen to our imposter syndrome if that is how we felt about our work? We're not experts. We're explorers. We're not creators. We're foragers. Being a forager does kind of feel like our job, doesn't it? We observe the world. We poke around it. We tinker. We walk a while article after article, episode after episode, drawing after drawing, photo after photo. The walking is our process, shipping all these pieces, the reps as part of our practice. And then eventually we might find something worth getting really excited about, a big delicious patch of idea mushrooms. And we say, wow, check this out. I I found something here. I can't wait to tell the others. Imagine that instead of pitching what feels like me to an editor, I was showing them something that I found. Hey, is this it? I'm excited. Are you? No? Ah, okay. Either you don't like mushrooms or I need to go find some better things to share. That's way easier to tolerate than, oh God, you don't like this idea, which means you don't like me, which means I am not worth liking, which means I can't do this work. When we frame our work as the process of foraging for goodness, instead of inventing it from our own internal genius, there's only one possible way that remains for us to be considered a fraud. We stop. If you consider yourself a creator, then the lone way to be a fraud is to call yourself a creator, but not actually create. So the best way to defeat imposter syndrome is to create, to get to the next rep, to show up again and again, to keep foraging. How can a forager be a fraud? They stop foraging. How can a creator be a fraud? They stop creating. You or an editor I pitch might not like the mushrooms I bring you, but I shouldn't take that as a comment about me. It's simply the stuff I've found. I can find other things. I can find other stories, other ideas, other insights, other projects. Also, I can find other people with whom I can share this stuff because I'm excited and maybe some other people would be excited too, just not the person who said no to the idea. It's like, hey, I found this thing. I'm excited. I hope you take it, but you can also leave it too. I'll be just fine either way. Alex is excited to share what he found. He's not sharing what he is. And sure, there's some messiness to this idea, like the mere fact that Alex gets excited to share mushrooms with with other people says something about who Alex is. But it's much easier to freely and confidently share something you found 
than it is to share who you are. I guarantee you, if I said, ew, really gross, mushrooms? Alex would just shrug. And he'd think, eh, no big deal. Jay doesn't like mushrooms. I'm going to go find someone who does, because I'm excited about this. He wouldn't question his entire existence, nor would he stop foraging for mushrooms. Maybe that's how I should think about the gatekeepers. And maybe that's how you should think about whatever barrier is preventing you from getting to the next rep or the next level of your work. This type of work we do can be such a trip. The sober kind, not, not the drug kind. We often face a huge list of problems. We love the work, but it plagues us. It's a trip. And making all that even harder is this core feeling of doubting our skills, of this fear that we're going to be exposed as frauds. Imposter syndrome rearing its ugly head the moment you thought you were fine. Maybe, in the end, Jay-Z was wrong. He was this big rapper back in my day, you see? Maybe Jay-Z was wrong when he said, because you know she loved Jay because she loved everything Jay say Jay does. Well, I think that's misguided, Mr. Z. The point isn't for her or for anyone to love Jay or what I say or what I does. In this line of work, it's not about me. It's about what I found. I am not my work. I'm just the guy who went on a walk and found some stuff I thought was exciting. Foraging and sharing. Creating and marketing. If you're taking action, then you're not a fraud. If you create, then you're a creator. One just as worthy of doing this work as anybody else. You're only a fraud if you stop. Keep searching. Thank you so much for listening to this one-shot episode. If you like these types of episodes, the one-shots, let me know. I did about three or four earlier this year, and I got some good feedback over Twitter and email, so I decided to keep going. But I really have these every other week slots earmarked as experiments. So right now, the experiment is the one-shot. Please let me know what you think. You can email me, jay at unthinkablemedia.com, or find me on Twitter at jayacunzo. Also, the show is incredibly difficult to create. It's an independent show. Everything I'm doing is basically bootstrapping this project for you. So if you can, share it with at least one friend. As the show grows, it's easier for me to win business and make money both directly through the show and indirectly through clients, speaking, making shows for brands and other projects that I do. Every share, every dollar, it all goes to keeping me independent and helping me make this show the way I envision it for you. No compromises needed. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Now, I got to go keep foraging for some stories and some insights for this show. I'm really excited to share some more idea mushrooms for you. I think I'll make like a idea marsala or something like that. I don't know where else I can take this analogy. I think I should end it here. <laughs> I'll talk to you next time. Until then, remember, keep making what matters. Bye-bye.